It's a beautiful and sunny day here in Johannesburg today on the 26th of February 2019. My name is Bruce Msimanga with DLA Consulting and I thought I'd bring you another installment of the Apex Leadership Podcast and I uh, look forward to your comments, to your uh, inbox messages and uh, some of the communication that has already begun uh, just from the few episodes that I shared, uh, you know, and uh, I know that uh, as, a, as a solo program, uh, it uh, it, it, can, it, it doesn't have to be long, so I'll try and be brief uh, on this subject. In their book, Execution, The Discipline of Getting Things Done, authors Larry Bossidy and Ram Charan share insights about uh, three building blocks of execution. And I'd like to look at the first building block with you briefly. And that building block looks at the, the leader's seven essential behaviors. In other words, the seven essential behaviors of a leader. The first one is know your people and your business. You see, leaders have to leave their businesses. In companies that don't execute, the leaders are usually out of touch with, their, with the day-to-day realities. They are getting lots of information delivered to them, but it is filtered, presented by direct reports with their own perceptions, limitations, and agendas, or gathered by staff people with their own perspectives. The leaders aren't where the action is. They aren't engaged with the business, so they don't know their organizations comprehensively and they don't really and the people don't really know them as a leader you have to show up you you've got to conduct business reviews you can't be detached and and removed and absent the second uh, uh, behavior is that you have to insist on realism embracing realism means always taking a realistic view of your company and comparing it with other companies. Realism is at the heart of execution, but many organizations are full of people who are trying to avoid or shade reality. Why? It makes life uncomfortable. People don't want to open Pandora's box. They want to hide mistakes or buy time to figure out a solution rather than admit they don't have an answer at the moment. They want to avoid confrontations. Nobody wants to be the messenger who gets shot or the troublemaker who challenges the authority of a superiors. Sometimes leaders are simply in denial. When we ask leaders to describe their organization's strengths and weaknesses, they generally state their strengths fairly well, but they are not so good at on identifying the weaknesses. And when we ask what they are going to do about the weaknesses, the answer is really clear or cohesive. They say, we have a number, we have to make our numbers. Well, of course, you have to make your numbers. The question is, how are you going to make your numbers? How do you make realism a priority? You start by being realistic yourself as a leader. Then you make sure realism is the goal of all dialogues in the organization. The third practice is set clear goals and priorities. Leaders who execute focus on a very few uh, clear priorities that everyone can grasp. Why just a few? First, anybody who thinks through uh, uh, the logic of a business will see that focusing on three or four priorities will produce the best results from the resources at hand. Second, people in contemporary organizations need a small number of clear priorities to execute well. In an old-fashioned hierarchical uh, company, this wasn't so much of a problem. People generally knew what to do because the orders came down through the chain of command. But when decision-making is decentralized or highly fragmented, as in a matrix organization, people at many levels have to make endless trade-offs. There's competition for resources and uh, ambiguity over decision rights and working relationships without carefully thought out and clear priorities people can get bogged down in warfare over who gets what and why. A leader who says, I've got 10 priorities, doesn't know what he's 
talking about. He doesn't know himself what the most important things are. You've got to have these few clearly realistic goals and priorities, which will influence the overall performance of the company. Fourthly, learn to follow through. Clear, simple goals don't mean much if nobody takes them seriously. The failure to follow through is widespread in business and a major cause of poor execution. How many meetings have you attended where people left without firm conclusions about who would do what and when? Everybody may have agreed the idea was good, but since nobody was named accountable for results, it doesn't get done. Other things come up that seem more important, or people decide it wasn't such a good idea after all. Maybe they even felt that way during the meeting but didn't speak up. Fifthly, reward the doers. Learn to reward the doers. If you want people to produce specific results, you reward them accordingly. This fact seems so obvious that it shouldn't need saying, yet many corporations do such a poor job of linking rewards to performance that there is little correlation at all. They don't distinguish between those who achieve results and those who don't either in base pay or in bonuses or stock options. A good leader ensures that the organization makes these distinctions that they become a way of life down throughout the organization. Otherwise, people think they are involved in socialism. And this isn't what you want when you strive for a culture of execution. You have to make it clear to everybody that rewards are, uh, and respect are based on performance. So, uh, finally, expand people's cap capabilities through coaching. As a leader, you've acquired a lot of knowledge and experience, even wisdom, along the way. One of the most important parts of your job is passing it on to the next generation of leaders. And this is how you expand the capabilities of everyone else in your organization, individually and collectively. It's how you will get results today and leave a legacy uh, that you can take pride in when you move on. Coaching is the single most important uh, part of expanding others' capabilities. You've surely heard the saying, give a man a fish and you'll feed him for a day. Teach a man how to fish and you'll feed him for a lifetime. That's coaching. It's the difference between giving orders and teaching people how to get things done. Good leaders regard every encounter as an opportunity to coach. The most effective way to coach is to observe a person in action and then provide specific useful feedback. The feedback should point out examples of behavior and performance that are good or that need to be changed. Another point, know yourself. Everyone pays lip service to the idea that leading an organization requires strength of character. In execution, it's absolutely critical. Without what we call emotional fortitude, you can't be honest with yourself, deal honestly with business and organizational realities, or give people forthright ass assessments. You can't tolerate the diversity of viewpoints, mental architectures, and personal backgrounds that organizations need in their members in order to avoid becoming ingrown. If you can't do these things, you can't execute. It takes emotional fortitude to be open to whatever information you need whether it's what you like to hear or not. Emotional fortitude gives you the courage to accept points of view that are the opposite of yours and deal with conflict and the confidence to encourage and accept challenges in group settings. It enables you to accept and deal with your own weaknesses, be firm with people who aren't performing and to handle the ambiguity uh, inherent in a fast-moving complex organization. Emotional fortitude comes from self-discovery and self-mastery. It is the foundation of people's skills. Good leaders learn their specific personal strengths and weaknesses, especially in dealing with other people. 
Then they build on the strengths and correct the weaknesses. They end their leadership when they when the followers see their inner strength, inner confidence, and ability to help team members deliver results, while at the same time expanding their own uh, capabilities. When Masaru Ibuka founded uh, his company in August 1945, he had no specific product idea. In fact, Ibuka and his seven initial employees had a brainstorming session uh, after starting the company to decide what products to make. According to Akio Morita, who joined the company shortly after its founding, the small group sat in a conference and for weeks they tried to figure out what kind of business this new company uh, could enter in order to make money to operate. They considered a wide range of possibilities from sweetened uh, uh, bean paste soup to miniature golf equipment and slide rules. Not only that, Sony's first product attempt, uh, which was a simple rice cooker, failed to work properly and its first significant product, a tape recorder, failed in the marketplace. The company kept itself alive in the early days by stitching wires on cloth to make crude by, but uh, uh, sellable heating pads. What does the word architect mean to you? What do you think of? Uh, when I say that leaders are architects. Social and organizational architects are people who build the infrastructure of an organization, which includes structure, systems, and processes of the organization. The most effective leaders understand that their purpose is more than their own legacy. Their purpose is to create an organization or an institution that outlasts them and continues to add value for years to come. In the best-selling book, Built to Last, James Collins and Jerry Porras report on the qualities of premier companies. These companies were not built solely on, an, on, a, on a great idea or charismatic leader, both which come and go with time. Instead, the founders of such leg legendary companies as uh, you know, HP, Merck, 3M, General Electric, and Procter & Gamble all took an architectural approach to building their organizations. It is the organization, not just the idea, that commands the attention and respect of the greatest leaders. There's a model uh, that was developed by uh, Dr. Roger Allen and Preston Pond in 1992, uh, which I have used and taught to various leaders to facilitate a comprehensive assessment of their organizations to understand how it functions, its strengths and weaknesses, and alignment to the core ideology and business strategy. This model is called the transformation model. The assessment process using this model is as astounding in the clarity it brings an organization's leaders and members, not only regarding how the organization currently works, but how the various parts are interrelated, its overall state of health, and most importantly, what needs to be done uh, to make improvements. Paying attention to and understanding these uh, these elements of the transformation model, uh, all these variables will result in major improvements in customer service, quality, efficiency, cycle time, profitability, and satisfaction of employees. These seven variables uh, form the big picture or context of an organization and ultimately determine its success. When we talk about organizational design at DLA, we're talking about the relationship and balance between each of these variables. The role of leaders could be defined as understanding and managing these variables. Now, let me explain these uh, various elements. The first element is environment. You see, organizations, like all living systems, can survive only to the extent that they maintain harmony with their, with their external environment. This includes being sensitive to the evolving needs uh, and perceptions of customers, 
understanding changes occurring in technologies, knowing your competition and understanding the legal, social and political climates, most organizations eventually die because they fail to maintain a responsive attitude towards their environment. The second element is strategy. There are two parts to strategy. Business strategy is a set of conscious decisions about how the organization will add value to customers and distinguish itself from its competitors. It also includes performance targets and, uh, and a strategy for growth. A well-developed uh, developed business strategy tells the organization where it is going and guides it like a ship's rudder in a stormy sea. The second uh, part to strategy is organizational strategy. And an organization strategy is the being or the character of the organization. It has to do with who we are and not just what we do. It includes the mission, the vision of the future, values and guiding principles. A clear organizational strategy helps transform a company or an office from a normal workplace to one that inspires people and brings out their best. The third element is core process. This is the flow of work through the organization. It is the sequence of events or steps necessary to get a product out the door or deliver a service. This also includes the technology and resources, uh, you know, equipment, software, space and materials required to produce a deliverable. Core business processes are and should be the focal point around which all other business unit activity is organized. Understanding, streamlining and properly supporting core business processes processes is the central job of any organization. The fourth element is structure. And this, this looks at how people are organized around business processes. It moves beyond box charts to understanding the boundaries, roles, responsibilities, and reporting relationships among people. It is a sort of template that determines not only the relationships but the coordination of tasks and allocation of resources among uh, around business processes. The proper question about structure is not whether it is the right one but whether it fits with the rest of the organization that is the core process and the strategy and helps rather than hinders performance. The fifth element is systems. Systems are the interrelated sets of tasks or activities that help organize and coordinate work. Examples include recruiting and selection, training and development, how people are promoted, communication, information sharing, decision making, how people are rewarded, planning, goal setting, personnel policies and procedures, performance feedback, etc. Systems are usually standardized and cut across the whole organization. They are often owned by management or special support functions. The most effective systems, however, are often the simplest. The sixth element uh, or, or variable of the transformation model is culture. And culture is how the organization really operates. It consists of the leadership style, the worker attitudes and habits, and management practices that make up the distinctive personality of the organization. It is like the air that permeates everything and is both cause and effect of organizational behavior. Culture mirrors the true philosophy and values that the organization actually practices. As such, it is a measure of how well an organization has translated its organizational strategy or philosophy into practice. The final element of the, of the transformation model is results. What is the organization's current performance? And results are always the starting point, uh, by, the, by the way, in, in organizational design. Results define the success or health of an organization and are therefore the starting point for understanding how well the organization is functioning. 
Results indicate where the organization is strong and what it needs to keep doing, as well as where it is weak and what it needs to change. Everything is tied to results. Not being clear about current or future results is like being lost at sea. Even knowing where you want to go, you don't know how to get there. You see, organizational uh, architecture relates to these seven elements that I've just uh, briefly uh, uh, explained to you. And these elements reduce the complexity of an organization to what must be understood and aligned for an organization to be successful. This model is very helpful for leaders to diagnose and make improvements uh, in their organizations. You see, leaders drive success. They set goals and monitor results. They scan the external environment. They define the, vi they define the vision and the strategy. They design, uh, sometimes consciously or sometimes by default, but they design the infrastructure of the organization. They develop people and build culture. However, traditional assumptions, roles and practices of leadership are no longer adequate to manage in today's complex world. Successful leaders are changing their assumptions about work. Organizations and people, uh, you know, they're, they're changing their assumptions about work, organizations and people to build collaborative and more responsive organizations. So take a few uh, minutes to assess your organizations, uh, you know, your, your own organization by answering the three questions that I will ask you now. First, where is your organization strong? Looking at those seven elements. Is your organization strong in, in, in the culture? Is your, is your organization strong in systems? Is your organization strong in, uh, in the core processes? Where is it strong? Identify those areas. And secondly, where is your organization weak? What kinds of steps, finally, do you need to take to ensure that your organization uh, is viable in the long term? Thank you for tuning in. This is all I had to share with you today. Uh, and hopefully you have been inspired as a leader to continue building your organization. It is not about you as a leader. It is not about you. You do not have to be charismatic. Uh, you don't have to come up with great ideas. But all you have to do is build an organization. Think about the founders of the United States. It was the constitution that they drafted that has continued up to today you know, to be, to, be, to, be, to, be, to be respected and cherished by the Americans, you know. It's, it's always about the, take an architectural approach to building your organization. Do not be, uh, as uh, the authors of Build to Last say, do not be a time tailor, a time tailor, but become a clock builder. Build a clock that will continue to tell time even when you are gone, long after you are gone. Thank you.